Our service of morning prayer begins on page four. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Lord is glorious in his saints. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord, voice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth and with righteousness to judge the world and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We have two psalms today, Psalm 21, and verses 1 through 6, and Psalm 23. Psalm 21 begins on page 365. The Lord shall rejoice in thy strength, O Lord. The King shall rejoice in thy strength, O Lord. Exceeding glad shall he be of thy salvation. Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not denied him the request of his lips. For thou shalt meet him with the blessings of goodness, and thou shalt set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest him a long life, even for ever and ever. His honor, his honor is great in thy salvation. Glory and great worship shall, thy, shall thou lay upon him. For thou shalt give him everlasting felicity, and make him glad with the joy of thy countenance. Psalm 23 is on page 368. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore can I lack nothing. He, feed, he shall feed me in a green pasture, and lead me forth beside the waters of comfort. He shall convert my soul, and bring me forth in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou shalt prepare a table before me in the presence of them that trouble me. Thou hast anointed my head, my cup shall be full. Surely thy loving kindness and mercy, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourteenth chapter of the book of Second Kings. 
In the second year, son of Zeroaz, king of Israel, Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yet, not like his father David, he did everything as his father Joash had done. However, not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Now it happened, as soon as the kingdom was established in his hand, that he executed his servants who had murdered his father, the king. But the children of the murderers he did not execute, according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses, in which the Lord commanded, saying, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children nor shall children be put to death for their fathers, but a person's own sin. He killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and took Selah by war and called its name Jokhtith to this day. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Joash, a son of Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. And Jehoash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, the thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by it tram trampled the thistle. You have indeed defeated Edom, and your, hearts, your heart has lifted you up. Glory in that, and stay at home, for why should you meddle with trouble so that you fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed. Therefore Jehoash, king of Israel, went out. So he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was, and every man fled to his tent. Then Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh. And he went to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of the Lord, and in the treasures of the king's house, and hostages, and returned to Samaria. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoash, which he did, he might with Amaziah king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jehoash rested with his fathers, and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then Jeroboam his son reigned in his place. Amaziah, king of Joash, king of Judah, lived fifteen years after the death of Jehoash, the son of Jehoaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled Tish, but they sent him after Tlachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. And all people of Judah took Azariah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king of his father Amaziah. He, he built Elath and restored it to Judah, after the king rested with his fathers. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king of in Samaria, and reigned forty-one years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, 
he did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who has made in, who had made Israel sin. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was of Gath Hefer. The Lord said that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did, his might, how he made war, and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath, what had belonged to Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Israel? So Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. Then Zechariah his son reigned in his place. Here endeth the first lesson. Together the Te Deum on page 10. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God, in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints, in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Here beginneth the ninth verse of the second, chap of second chapter of the book of Timothy. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And to Caicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. 
At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all Gentiles might hear. Also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Achilla, the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left in Miletus sick. Do your utmost to come before winter. Eubulus greets you, Linus, Cla Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Here endeth the second lesson. Together the Jubilate Deo on page 15. O oh, be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Be ye sure that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. O oh, go your way into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and speak good of his name. For the Lord is gracious, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins, and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship, in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, all the blessed saints, in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to these unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, 
Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. This morning I'd like to discuss our New Testament passage, which is in effect a eulogy for St. Paul, or more accurately, what some call Paul's last will and testament. It marks the end of Paul's foundational ministry, which established the Christian church and taught the gospel of the resurrected Jesus Christ. We first meet Paul in Acts 7, then as Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee and persecutor of Christians. It's about a year after the crucifixion. The apostles have appointed Matthias to replace Judas. We have the first Pentecost in Acts 2, and Peter and John have begun evangelizing Judea. In Acts 6, to serve widows and perform other pastoral duties, the apostles laid hands on seven deacons, including St. Stephen, who was arrested and martyred. In Acts 7, Saul is there at the stoning of Stephen, either 31 or 34 AD, depending on which date you use for the crucifixion. Acts 8 recalls his persecution of Christians, persecutions like those recounted elsewhere in Acts, and such as Paul later faced himself. Acts 9 recounts his dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus, a feast day that the Anglican Church celebrates every year on January 25th. This is perhaps three years later after we first met Saul, so somewhere in the mid to late 30s. While it's clear St. Paul died before the fall of Jerusalem, this week I saw estimates of his date of death that range from 62 to 67 AD. From this I estimate that his work as Paul, the follower of Christ, lasted between 25 and 33 years. After Jesus, the New Testament record tells us more about Paul and his ministry than any other person in first century Judea. He is a prominent figure in the Acts of the autobiographical details in the 13 apostles' epistles that have been attributed to him throughout most of Christian history. The total words that Paul contributed to the New Testament are second only to St. Luke, author of the third gospel in Acts. Paul is also the first theologian of the Christian church, along with the later work of St. John, explaining through divine revelation, the implications of how Jesus' ministry should be understood both from the historical record and in the context of the Hebrew scriptures. Paul, then Saul, was born in Asia Minor, and Tsars came part of the Roman province of Syria. He spent about 20 years as a traveling missionary in his ministry to the Gentiles, founding or ministering to churches in modern-day Syria, Turkey, and Greece. He wrote the earliest of his letters during this period, starting a decade or more after his conversion. The middle four letters, Colossians, Ephesians, Philemon, and Philippians, were written during his first imprisonment in Rome, which is recounted in Acts, a period perhaps four or five years before his death. Along with Paul's letter to Titus and his first letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy is one of the three epistles written in the final few years. giving advice to two men with major pastoral responsibilities, 
Titus, Bishop of Crete, and Timothy, Bishop of Ephesus. While the sequence of Titus and 1 Timothy are disputed, 2 Timothy is clearly the last of the three. Today we heard the final verses of the final chapter of 2 Timothy, which is thus the last surviving writing from St. Paul. In his book, The Message of Saint 2 Timothy, the late Anglican theologian John Stott emphasizes four points about this final epistle. First, he says we can be confident, as the church was in the first and second century, that this letter was written by St. Paul and not some later follower. Next, 2 Timothy was written during Paul's second and final imprisonment in Rome. His first Roman imprisonment was much easier under house arrest in a rented home, receiving visitors and building up the Roman church. Here, as the first two chapters of the epistle make clear, he is wearing chains in a Roman prison, and it was difficult for his supporters to find him. The third point on Father Stott's list is that St. Paul is trying to encourage and lift up Timothy, his friend and companion of the past 15 years. Despite Paul's loyalty and their long friendship, Timothy feels inadequate to the task Paul has called him to do, whether by personality, age, or his physical makeup. Because Paul firmly believes in St. Timothy, he's modeling oversight, mentoring, and encouragement for his successor. Finally, Paul is concerned with how the church and the gospel message will continue after his death and the death of the eyewitnesses. In this, he's early evidence of the process of apostolic succession, how the church should call, form, and charge priests and bishops who carry on the work of the historic faith. In the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy, which we heard yesterday and this morning, Paul is saying farewell, Timothy, the church, and the world. Yesterday, Paul explicitly charged Timothy to preach the word throughout his ministry, to teach and correct his flock with sound doctrine. Verses 6 to 8 summarize Paul's retrospective on his entire life and career, as is our second psalm, Psalm 23, at a Christian funeral. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Today's passage lists Paul's direction to Timothy about how to deal with various followers, some that we know of and some that are mentioned nowhere else. He implores Timothy to visit him one more time, but we don't have a record as to whether that ever happened. Two verses offer a final self-reflection on Paul's ministry. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord will deliver me from every wor evil work, and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. As with his first letter to Timothy, Paul's final world, words in his final letter are, Grace be with you. Amen. With this, Paul has finished his race and kept the faith. We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, 
that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. That may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all mine. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. O God, who through the preaching of the blessed Apostle St. Paul has caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the world, grant we beseech thee that we, having his wonderful conversion in remembrance, may show forth our thankfulness unto thee, for the same, by following the holy doctrine which he taught, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Thank you to Britt and to Britt for making this morning's worship possible. Thanks, Joel. Have a good day. Thank everybody. you, Joel. Yeah, thank you for the uh, history of Paul. You're welcome, Marsha. Great talk. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Bye, everyone.